0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Waiver Wire Show. Again, Tuesday, October 18th edition. It's by Biomageddon time. We'll be getting you set for what to do when you're missing all four of the Feels like top teams. Maybe the Rams could be excluded from this conversation. Plenty of players uh, out that will be getting you set for waiver wire perspective. So stick around. Uh, We'll hit the show in just a bit here. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 18th edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by No House Advantage. I'm Joe Burrow. You can find me at JB Fantasy Sports alongside me. As always, Jake Litarski at Roto Jake today. We're here to run down the top waiver wire pickups and fab options ahead of the week seven fantasy football season. Obviously, we got Bills, Rams, Vikings, Eagles. You likely have at least one of those if you are a successful team this season, if not more. Uh, what to do at the quarterback position in particular. We'll discuss all those waiver wire options, some streamer plays, uh, and of course running back too with uh, what's been happening on the lack of playing with Melvin Gordon uh, and other options out there too. All that's going to be covered here. First award from our sponsors, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic, fantasy sports po- uh, platform available today. Play and pick 'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your money if you hit all of your picks. Bet up to five player props over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sport, including NFL, NBA, hey starting today mlb pga mma and nascar sign up now uh, with promo code n h wire that's n h w i r e at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app in the app store to get a first deposit match up to 25 dollars. make sure to check out no, no house advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined it's not just how you play but also where you play You won't want to miss out on this deal Hey Jake, all right, so we're we're back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, Gotta start with Monday Night Football. Monday Night man. Football, right? Which we can breeze through because it felt like both the AFC West teams decided they had breezed through the second half in particular. <laughs> How does an overtime game happen where neither team gets a first down and yet somebody wins? Oh, it's because a Broncos player is blocked into the punter and the Chargers mm-hmm. recovered. And Dustin Hopkins, most heroic performance I've ever seen from a kicker. Chargers advance yes. to four and two. Uh, despite what he felt was a pop in his quad. That's not yeah, really
2: good. yeah. if you didn't watch it happen on the first kick of the game for him, basically, yeah, he popped it, the quad. He had been dealing with the quad issue, and then he just, he, like you said, heroically came out and kicked three more freaking field goals and made them all. They were using the punter to kick off, and uh, you know the, uh, his range was probably limited, but that was the heroic performance. Uh, the opposite of heroic, of course, is Russell Wilson, which is what, what we continue to see from him all season long. He actually looked okay in the first half. He got Judy involved a little bit he was getting his tight ends involved there's some tight end discussion there to talk about for sure but in the second half russell wilson was three for 11 zero touchdowns 15 total passing yards here that is absolutely atrocious especially considering um you know the weapons that he has so you know that that has to be the story of the game but then again you also have to uh on the, on the Denver side. It's uh, the running back situation. You know, every Melvin Gordon manager was, you know, you never root for injury, but you have, had to have been thinking that, okay, Javante Williams goes down, Melvin Gordon's my guy, here we go. I've got an RB1 the rest of the season here. Absolutely not the case. I don't know if he's in the doghouse or what the heck happened here, but he barely, I don't think he played at all in the second half, maybe just a couple of snaps. Overall on the game, Latavius Murray led the way with 49% of snaps. Uh, Mike Boone had thirty 34%, four 34.5% of snaps, but pretty much a third down pass catching back. And then Melvin Gordon with less than fifteen percent of snaps, um, that is that that is terrible. I don't know what happens. He doesn't seem to know what happened, if you judge, you know, in his post game comments. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and Murray was effective, fifteen for sixty six, four point four yards a carry, had a fourteen yard run in there. Melvin Gordon wasn't very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least he wasn't fumbling or anything like that, but. That is – it's just dumbfounding to me, uh, that situation here. You know, how Melvin Gordon is one of your top few players on offense and and something just seemed to have rubbed Nathaniel Hackett the wrong way.
1: Yeah, that's the same with what we saw with Alberta Kuevanun, who was a healthy and active with the Broncos – continue to do their four man platoon. Greg mm-hmm. Dulcich was activated off injured reserve for this contest. We'll, we'll discuss him later when we talk about the tight ends. Obviously, he had a pretty good first half overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I, I mean, I think I've been saying that for we said week one, right? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is a hack. I mean, like he, he's just <laughs> he's literally the worst uh, head coach I think in the league at this point. He's not Urban Meyer bad. I think we have to make sure we we understand the bar that Hackett is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of head coaches in the league who are bad and. Nathaniel Hackett is clearly the, the way he mm-hmm. picks and chooses his favorites is just wrong. And then you look at the locker room, which he seems to already be losing after a two and four start. I don't know. I, I would I would be shocked if he makes it past year two. And because of that, I'm not worried about a Clegman in a dynasty leagues. I have dropped him everywhere and redraft. <laughs> oh, Play yeah. yeah. You can't,
2: can't. Yeah. Once you're a healthy scratch, you're toast. And yeah, Dulcich maybe has some interesting utility in the right type of format that you know we'll get to in a little bit but what about the Chargers side I mean you're the Chargers beat writer I mean the biggest thing the two biggest factors that stand out for me is uh, Mike Williams disappearing act once again which if you're Mike Williams owner um, you're kind of accustomed to this inconsistency you know it can happen and then number two Austin Eckler had 16 targets On the day, uh, which is outstanding, hauled in 10 of them for 47. Uh, You know, and he's a PPR darling right there. You know, guys like so, you know, we were, I don't think we were worried about Kelly last week, but Kelly got so much work. He was pretty much a non factor this week. And Sonny Michelle, basically, oh, he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly
1: got hurt. Uh, I I think I missed it. I was, I felt like I was Mm -hmm. watching the whole game, maybe the first second drive. Sonny Michelle came in and and continued to do the between the tackles carries. It meant Mm -hmm. that Eckler got a little more playing time. Yeah, the sixteen targets obviously is a lot. I think maybe six of them came uh, third quarter and onward. The the Chargers had Herbert was going down
2: to him because you know Mike Williams gets wrapped up and yeah.
1: The Chargers are down to their third string uh, center because Corey Lindsley was out with a bad case of food poisoning that's kept him out a week now. That's that's I've I've had bad food food poisoning before, but not a week long one. That's like a
2: sue the restaurant for your game check situation. No, seriously, (laughs) I
1: mean that actually is concerning. They lost their backup uh, on what was kind of a QB sneak play. Got injured, barely helped off. When that occurred, the Chargers offense lost every little bit of teeth they had remaining with no Keenan Allen still out with that hamstring injury. Uh, and it became the Eckler show as just a checkdowns. And they only won because the Broncos made a mistake and they capitalized. The Chargers did. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mike Williams part actually. I, I would not be discouraged. I think if you were happy Mike Williams did, did against the what Texans last week, Derek Stinley, Stingley is not Patrick Sertan. Sertan mm-hmm. was on Mike Williams the entire night, and they basically gave up on trying to target him after the first quarter when he had two of the three targets. Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean,
2: late in the game, Herbert did his thing that uh, that Philip right? Rivers used to always kind of do with Mike Williams, where you just throw it up to mm-hmm. him in hopes he can body him. And Mike Williams actually made an amazing oh, yeah. catch on the mm-hmm. sidelines. Incredible athletic play, but he just barely didn't get his foot in. Um, you know, so so obviously the skills are still there. Yeah, this I, is just a tough situation here.
1: Sertana is one of the best in the league. That's what mm-hmm. to me actually it took a lot away from both Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett being the intermediate to short end targets, which is what the Chargers offense had to do when you had the pass rush of the Broncos just feasting on that offensive line. I think to what the Packers couldn't do against the Jets and how bad that l- offensive line looked. Well, here you go. You had, um, I think the correct idea with Gerald Everett getting open. Yeah, Josh Palmer getting up Palmer had one of his best games. I would not anticipate Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen made comments uh, Saturday saying he was probably not playing Monday, but is hoping to play against the Seahawks this week. If Keenan Allen is back, that hurts DeAndre Carter. It also hurts mm-hmm. Palmer. And I think Mike Williams actually gets a benefit from that too. So that's yeah. that's kind of the gist of that challenge. I Keenan
2: Allen back so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do. This has been a, a long... A longer absence than I think anyone would have anticipated, even though hamstring injuries could be tricky. So mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't charge us Broncos. I don't think there's much more that needs to be said. Again, this is by Magellan for the most part because you have four relevant fantasy teams, all at pretty much pretty big positions, right? You think about the Bills, Josh Allen, Rams, not mm-hmm. that should playing Matthew Stafford necessarily, but Vikings, Kirk Cousins have been more than viable as QB1, and Jalen Hurts has been right up there too. QB alone, you think about the receivers, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, AJ Brown. Uh
2: like Delvin the, Cook, Miles Sanders, you've been playing every single is, week. I've been playing Devin Singletary just about every yeah, single we go, week. Yeah. You gotta get a piece of the best offense in football. And uh yeah, there's just there's a lot going on with bias. So hopefully um, you know, it, it, it's tough timing because you know we've had huge, huge waiver wire weeks, and this isn't necessarily a, uh, yeah. a massive waiver wire week. There are a lot of stash candidates that show up on our list. And, um, you know, some other streaming options that we can look at. But uh, hopefully we'll get you at least a handful of options to plug and play here.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the streamers first. So We had Jimmy Garoppolo as kind of a featured uh, guy last week. did fine enough, even though the 49ers ended up losing to the Falcons. Sorry uh, for the audio audience if you are. Uh, hearing any rumbling, we have construction going on at HQ. Yeah. And same with the, the camera shaking. No, there's not an earthquake here in Mass. There, there are
2: bulldozers and jackhammers <laughs> right. right outside yes, our it's, windows. It's, it's, so we're going to make the best of this here.
1: Yeah. Apologize if it's uh, affecting anything. But, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was fine enough against the Falcons fantasy-wise. I know they lost. lost. Uh, it was interesting with Jeff Wilson injured pretty early on in that contest. There was a lot of George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Sam. Like, they were forced to pass the ball. and It was good to see at least George Kittle do something effective. I I think it's interesting. The, the same thing should theoretically happen with the Chiefs, right? And the Chiefs offense, I know they lost to the Bills last week and only scored 20. Mm-hmm. They're really good. The Chiefs offense is really good and should be able to push the 49ers. And if that's the case, it's Garoppolo trying to play catch up again, right? That, that's mm-hmm. an interesting streamer option for me if you are missing one of those top three quarterbacks we mentioned for, for Biden yeah. again.
2: Yeah, and and uh, Kittle got more involved this week. You know, his, his volume was increased, and I still think Ayuk can obviously Debo are, are very good. Um, the running game, is going to be tough there. Did, uh, did, did Wilson wasn't super effective. He might not be one hundred percent healthy mm-hmm. there. We'll see what's going on. But uh, but yeah, you know, you, you you have a home game and you have a high powered offense to keep up. You know, there I can see Shanahan being more aggressive going for it on fourth down a little bit just to keep mm-hmm. the ball out of Mahomes' hands. That is a possibility here now. Going down the list here, you know, I order these by percentage. I'm not actually interested in Justin Fields at New England. 38% rostered. I think there's a weird rushing floor, kind of like the decoy Mariota effect. Anyway, but I'm disregarding that. Then there's two that I kind of like. Unfortunately, both are on the road that, um, you know, that that takes them down a peg maybe. But Daniel Jones is 30% at Jacksonville. And Matt Ryan, our cover boy today, is 29% at Tennessee. I want to hit Matt Ryan first because uh alec pierce who we discussed last week is uh looking like a very viable solid receiving threat mike Pittman finally had one of his big games paying off for those who used a probably a third round pick on Pittman. and i think we're going to see more of that to come and uh, we don't know exactly but i imagine jonathan taylor is going to be creeping back here into the lineup any week so if uh if matt ryan has been able to perform uh, last week without Taylor really in the lineup, or with with Taylor out completely, and he was able to perform last week, I think there's at least a a decent chance he can do it again, and he's someone that maybe you want to consider streaming. It's funny, uh, I in my two-quarterback league, I have both Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, so I will be playing Matt Ryan this week as one of those options here, and and we're going to hope for the best. But yeah, I think Matt Ryan and, and, and Daniel Jones, I mean, the Giants are actually looking legitimate. Saquon Barkley is a is an excellent asset to lean on. We'll see how healthy this receiving core gets. It it, it hasn't doesn't look like it's getting Wondale much Robinson better. Yeah, Wandale Robinson came back. Yeah, Robinson came back. back. Bellinger, you know, another, you know, we're talking rookie, about weird yeah. tight ends, but uh Bellinger's a guy that's starting to emerge a little bit. So uh yeah, if you're looking to stream quarterbacks, I, I'm looking at Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan first, I think.
1: I really like the Matt Ryan one. The Titans actually allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They actually played earlier this season, right? It was week four. I know the, the Colts lost that game. Matt Ryan threw for 356, two touchdowns to one pick. He only threw 37 times compared to 58 against the Jaguars this past week. But there was a clear scheme that the Colts were doing with Deion Jackson, in particular, checkdowns. And I wonder if you mentioned Jonathan Taylor getting back healthy. Naheem Hines, with his concussion, probably isn't going to be out a second week. Mm-hmm. Is that same option deployable against the Titans? Again, they had success against the Jaguars. Maybe you uh trying to get some more offensive consistency. That would boost Matt Ryan overall. Al Pierce has been developing, like you mentioned. Michael Pittman had a really good game. I think Matt Ryan actually works a lot for a, mm-hmm. a QB streamer this week. And I also yeah. agree with you on Daniel Jones. Again, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan just this past week threw 58 times, but he had nearly 400 passing yards. Like There are clear deficiencies when it comes to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. They will sell out to stop the run, and you have the opportunity to pass. Guess who's pretty good catching that out of the backfield? Saquon Barkley. So even exactly. if you have Perfect. The, the lesser receivers, I think mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Jones and his rushing floor that he gives you Make him for mm-hmm. low-end quarterback one this week. Yeah,
2: weekend. and just to add to the Matt Ryan point, you said, you know, the Titans are the third best uh, in terms of fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. I mean, the third worst, I guess. Right. Yeah, they, the third worst. really good for us. Um, you know, if you take it one step further and look at yards per attempt allowed to opposing quarterbacks, uh, Titans are, are, are tops, or I guess bottom, if you consider it that way, Uh, 8.46 yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. So everything about this matchup is looking juicy for Matt Ryan. Mixed with the fact that his guys are getting healthy and that he's starting to build some momentum. I think he's your guy this week.
1: Uh any other quarterbacks you're considering from that perspective?
2: Um, I mean, Marcus Mariota looked alive this past week here, and they're at Cincinnati. It's another uh it's another road game against the defense that uh, you know, doesn't really scare me a ton necessarily. So um yeah, Mariota at only 15% rostered. I think um there's gonna be some bad to go along with the good, but when the matchups are decent actually. I've got the page up right here. How are the Bengals? Are actually pretty good against opposing quarterbacks. Better than I would have guessed necessarily, but nonetheless, Mariota will give you something with her, with your legs, and he's a he's an acceptable bye week fill in that's more like more likely than not to be available.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's probably. I mean, only fifteen percent rostered seems extreme to me, but that's, 15, 15 Yeah, I'm at, fifteen or
2: fifty. I don't know. I, I, I heard said, it wrong. I was wondering I if, fifteen,
1: <laughs> but I'm sure someone could have heard it as fifteen. It's fine. That that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not interested in Zach Wilson, uh, Jacoby Persett, Davis Mills. Yeah. Zappy. I, I, Mac Jones, when he comes back, probably mm-hmm. is your starter. Bears defense is pretty good. Obviously their offense is terrible, but uh, we can't wait for that Monday night game. That'll be just a thriller, right? Jake to recap mm-hmm. next week. Patriots yep. versus bears. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah,
2: I know. I'm going to have to like close pin my eyes open. Watch that game just for funny, you guys. Right? We're going to do that. I think it's the Monday night game. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause they were talking about it on after this Monday night game. Uh,
1: Poor ESPN, not really crying Mm -hmm. about that. It's Uh,
2: almost as bad as getting Russell Wilson for all your primetime games this year, right? That's true.
1: (laughs) You also have Dak and Tua going to be back. We anticipate Dak Prescott back, and thankfully, because the Cowboys lost, we can end this Cooper Rush as a starting quarterback thing against the Mm -hmm. Eagles. Uh, I think Dak will be back and obviously improve the offense for them. Tua is expected to play against the Steelers. That's going to matter, too, because the Steelers' defense, despite – handling Tom Brady, of all people, is still beat up pretty significantly in the secondary mm-hmm. uh, and should be vulnerable to jail and yeah. voluntary who both have 100 120%. They were
2: missing Fitzpatrick and like two or three other defensive backs and yeah. mm-hmm. still managed to... Uh, 6 was weird. Yeah, that's, it was, that's just, it I was think the, the, the. Yeah, I think um, they had uh, what was it that I saw some sportsbooks putting out data that the Buccaneers were used in more parlays than any other thing that in existence on Sunday. It just made books a load of money.
1: Uh, and then I guess from the Panthers' perspective, they're tearing down everything. Robbie Anderson was traded. We'll yeah. talk about what that means for the Panthers and both the Cardinals and a little bit later in the show. I don't know what you're doing at quarterback, right? Baker Mayfield's still out with his ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold theoretically could come off major yeah. reserve, but he's been uh, mm-hmm. taking his time. Matt out Mayfield the season. Mayfield
2: could theoretically come back. It seems unlikely, but he's been known to play through injury in the past. He could give it a go. Um, like you said, Sam Darnold. Um, expected to be off injured reserve this week, I guess. But we don't know that. I mean, he he then has three weeks to be activated. So we don't know if that's going to be this week. And yeah, P.J. Walker with a neck injury. So that makes it weird. You here. and
1: I were talking about who replaced P.J. Walker off air. Uh, can you guess? It's actually that he did start a game last year.
2: I know Matt Corral is on their roster, but I'm pretty sure he's been on Practice IR.
1: squatter Jacob Eason. So Jacob Eason, oh, former yeah. Colts guy, Yeah, right? former Colt. We're familiar. Yeah, he, he got called up uh, as the backup emergency guy for Walker Walker got concussed mm-hmm. one of those cleared concussion protocols but couldn't come back in because the NFL says no we can't have to have this happen again and mm-hmm. then you have Jacob Eason smart game for the good of right. football yes, I'm okay with it that, that's well nobody should be wanting to play Jacob Eason, but yes I get that <laughs> I, the Panthers are so bad I don't <laughs> care what quarterback they are starting do we touch there.
2: on uh, Carson Wentz and his finger he might go on the IR he had to have some kind of finger surgery I actually so actually
1: think that's really important if you remember yep. two years ago Taylor Heineke you started for the commanders mm-hmm. that Uh, football team beat the Packers in 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 DC you have the same scenario just an awful team overall Uh, Mm -hmm. the Packers are offensively and defensively I think Taylor Heineke actually is a low-end quarterback one this week because I hate my team I hate my defense in particular Mm -hmm. and I have no faith that anything good will happen to me
2: yeah uh, I mean I'm a little bit more confident than that but uh, Terry McLaurin owners can finally rejoice I think because Taylor Heineke will get him the ball because we've seen it in the past, so uh, you know Heineke
1: can run too. I mean, that's yeah. the part of it that the Packers defense we haven't really seen. They haven't faced mm-hmm. too many of these guys. Heineke can run, and he will. There's it's the Ryan Fitzpatrick younger version. Where what do I care mm. if I get clobbered? I'm just, yeah. I'm a backup anyway.
2: I have a I have a deep 14 teamer where everyone likes to hoard quarterbacks for some dumb reason, and my quarterbacks are Stafford and the next best I could get off uh, the waiver wires. Pickett. I will be trying to use the number one waiver wire claim to get Heineke because I need because I because Pickett. Is in concussion protocol. We don't know what happens with him. Um, you know, he might be back, might be, not be. Trubisky could start that game. You know, I'm obviously not interested in that by any means at all. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm putting the bid down on Heineke and, and hoping on counting him for at least this week.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, all right, let's take a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire, from the audio perspective. We'll be back in a little bit. Video, guys, stick around real quick. Uh, and, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, so we're back. We mentioned Kenneth Walker. Really, that was the, the feature from last week's show was yep. what do you trade for Kenneth Walker? I think mm-hmm. you and I were both on it with uh with that game we were playing because he performed really well, and you look at the Seahawks' rest of the season schedule. Kenneth Walker is a guy they're going to be aggressively trying to get. I will I will still buy high on his performance that just happened. Uh, Mike Boone had been mentioned. Obviously, we talked to the Broncos a little bit earlier.
2: I, I started Mike Boone in a league in one of my Jonathan Taylor leagues. And um, I didn't expect fine. Latavius Murray to be Boone's downfall. I fully thought it would be Melvin Gordon. And then it's I'm looking, he doesn't get a carry in the first half, finally catches a pass. He probably gets pretty close to the drop list if they're willing to, if they're willing to go Murray over him.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on if you believe the Broncos will get blown out. That defense has played so well that maybe there's not opportunities for mm-hmm. the game script to really favor Mike Boone. Dion Jackson had mentioned a little bit, and once we had news of Jonathan Taylor and Hines not playing, I immediately yep. scooped up Jackson everywhere, mm-hmm. started him uh, in a lot of places, and survived because of that. I don't know if Deion Jackson is going to be your guy moving forward again. Hines was kind of surprisingly out with a concussion. Mm-hmm. He had been using the red practice jersey. That's your pass catcher, and that's where Jackson's value ended up yeah. being was the pass catcher. And
2: I feel like once once Taylor and and Hines are back, you know Jackson can safely be cut then because I don't think there's really they're not going to force a role in for him. Uh, I don't believe.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. Despite how well back he's to special played. teams. Um, we gotta talk Kenyon Drake, right? J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins evidently left that loss against the Giants early on with a knee injury, absolutely crippled my stake league team. Uh I, I don't know if it's Dobbins' knee or just he was ineffective or what it was. That couldn't have been a cushier matchup overall for Dobbins, wasn't able to succeed in the playing time he had. Enter Kenyon Drake, who predictably went off. I mean, the Giants are vulnerable in the run defense. Mm-hmm. Drake looked like vintage Kenyon Drake from Cardinals yeah. years, uh Dolphins years and I don't know if that's going to be something that happens in the future, but if Dobbins is out and they don't have Gus Edwards yet off of uh, mm-hmm. the pup list, that, again, I mean, if Gus Edwards is back, it's a difference of conversation. But I think Edwards has been yeah. slow progressing off that. so mm-hmm. it's Kenny Drake. Yep, all wheels up.
2: Exactly. The Ravens are being a little mum about this because, okay, so it's an it's, let's just say knee injury for J.K. Dobbins, right? Um, this is, I'm taking this from Jerry's uh, backfield breakdown article, right? Dobbins played 56% of the snaps in the first quarter, but only six more snaps the entirety of the rest of the game. Did he get hurt? Was it maintenance? We don't know necessarily. Meanwhile, Kenyon Drake played 57.6% of the total snaps and 71% of the total snaps after the first quarter. So um, he... And and then, of course, he was effective. He was the guy. Now, a lot of people... you know, I know our esteemed colleague, Alan Soslowski, was you know, pumping up Kenyon Drake as arguably the top pickup this week, and a lot of people pushed back saying, well, they have Dobbins. Well, Justice Hill has a hamstring injury, and he was inactive. Listen, guys, I, I liked Alan's argument. It's week seven here, and you have some bye weeks, and you have some buys that you need to get filled in. You know, there's not, uh, for a lot of us um, that weren't fortunate to have a fast start, there's not a whole lot of margin for error right now. And uh, out of all these backs that we're going to talk about, um, I think Kenyon Drake possibly has has the best chance to have a good game this week. And they've got the Browns who are thirtieth against Literally running backs. Running I games. thought that they would be better than that, given you know, you know Garrett and Clowney, Garrett, but those uh, are pass, pass rush guys. You know exactly. they're not. It's not, it's not a run stopping defense here. So you have obviously it's going to depend on what you know the status of Dobbins and Hill looks like. But I think Kenyon Drake is absolutely worth a look, just because as you're about to find out the running backs are starting to get pretty shallow here. Yes. They're very, very shallow this week here. And, uh, you know, there are a couple guys that we can talk about that are more stash guys. Like, so, for example, the next guy I had on my list.
1: Oh, can I pump the brakes for oh, just a second? no, yeah, go for it. While I'm discussing this, Jake, can you look at the percentages of rostered on Gus Edwards? Because I, I, I think this Ooh, is good, going good to be the answer if you are in need of a running back. Not that you're like, oh, I'm going to pick up Gus Edwards and play. But you think about Kenny Drake, just what he did. Uh, if you are like even an average fantasy manager, you're going to look at past points last, uh, last mm-hmm. week and say, oh, hey, Kenny Drake, J.K. Dobbins might not play. Perfect. It sounds like the Ravens are close to activating Gus Edwards. Now, if they activate Edwards, is he immediately going to get 20 carries? No. Uh, if anything, you watched how they operate with Dobbins to begin the season. I think it's actually a, a scary play if you, if you need to go that direction. Mm-hmm. But I'd be willing to bet Edwards will cost way less and might have the same upside you're discussing with Kenny Drake.
2: That's very interesting. He's only 15% rostered, so pretty easy to go out and get him right now, I would say. I
1: think – so I'm getting a lot of Gus Edwards. I'll we'll talk about the other running back that I'm going to be picking up a decent amount of shares of. Mm-hmm. We play in a lot of deeper leagues, and frankly, he's probably not going to be uh, available. We had mentioned this three or four weeks ago, that if you play in leagues that have an IR stash, you're stashing Gus Edwards for this specific reason. I, mm-hmm. I think I think that – I like that one. I, 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 I like Gus Edwards if he's able to play in the same way that – Two weeks ago when we were discussing Jonathan Taylor, we had mentioned, hey, uh, Philip Lindsay, right? getting called call up the practice squad? Might get four or five yards or four or five points. That's the same feeling I have for Gus Edwards, who doesn't do much pass catching stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I mean, there are options in this Ravens backfield. It is going to be painful. You're going to pull some hair out if you have any, if you're lucky. Um, and, and it's just not going to be fun. But those guys, uh, you know, could help you this week. There could be multiple guys on top of Lamar Jackson that do well against Cleveland this week. You know, they could spread the ball around a little bit. Three guys ended up with 10 carries. You know, they, they could all have good fantasy days.
1: Yeah. Speaking of uh, Ravens running back, former Ravens running back Latavius Murray also falls on this list because of what we mentioned earlier uh, with the Monday night game. Replacing Melvin Gordon for reasons unexplained uh, because Nathaniel Hackett's a hack. I'm not sure. Well, we're going to have to find out, I think, more. Uh, but if it is Gordon that's gone, again, or just not involved, I could see the Broncos trading Gordon to let's just say the Rams who could use a pass catcher and runner. This this is inexplicable why they would be choosing to go this direction but Murray, he've got 49% of the snaps. Like he he was involved as the main rusher and I think that matters.
2: Yeah, yeah, no absolutely. That was and he, I mean again, he looked he looked average. You know, eye test wise he didn't look exceptional but he, you know, doesn't have the Melvin Gordon fumbling issues. And uh, he's getting a reasonable amount of positive yards on every play, which is what Denver needs. They're the worst team in the league, I think. The Telecast beat this to a pulp. The, the Broncos are the worst team in the league on third and seven-plus mm-hmm. last night. They just cannot convert. Even with the weapons they have, they cannot convert on third and long. So um, they feel like – they must feel like Latavius Murray has a better chance. Now, this offense is terrible on a whole, and you know, 15 carries for 60, 70 yards – isn't a lights out fantasy day, but it's somebody that's going to get you points if all your running backs are, uh, are are on by this week, which is going to be the case for a lot of people.
1: We had rumors on Saturday that the Panthers are really actively considering trading Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, played uh, pretty well in that loss to the Rams. Was the only offensive weapon for that team despite all the quarterback issues. If Christian McCaffrey to get traded, people are speculating who takes over in that Panthers backfield. You had Chuba Hubbard at times uh, last year with McCaffrey's injury, and then Deonta Foreman who. We mentioned last week was pretty successful for the Titans, and then it was Dontrell Hill- Hilliard that kind of took over towards the end. There's probably reason to roster both, but I'm thinking in a 12-team league, if you are in a position to have both Panthers guys as a spec of the bad, mm-hmm. that Christian McCaffrey would get traded. Yeah, I don't foresee a scenario where you could possibly pull it off. Like I don't know a team that can do that with this bye week situation right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, this is a, this is a tough one because it's a it's a very poor team. So you're think you're thinking about, okay, how much is it worth to have the 60 40 lead of a timeshare on the worst team in the national football right. league yes. is basically the conversation you're having, but there are a lot of leagues where that conversation is relevant. And right now, uh, in terms of the race, it looks like Deontay Foreman, you know, he was 22.7% of the snaps compared to just 9.1% for, for Hubbard this week, five carries the four for Foreman compared to two for Hubbard, uh, just one target between the two of them. And that went to Hubbard, um, so I guess there is a roster spot for both of them in deep leagues. If you're if you're really stretching right now, it looks like the front runner is uh, is going to be Foreman. I'm going to quick check out the uh, like the trend here. We have a great team trends page on RotoWire. Well, um,
1: while you're doing that, I think yeah. Chuba Hubbard can be a bit more of the rusher of this backfield, mm-hmm. and Foreman can do both. And that's where I wonder if Foreman has more value because we've seen what the Panthers are choosing to utilize. Christian McCaffrey, for. We also discussed this last week. If you trade Christian McCaffrey, is there that role of Christian McCaffrey still in the offense and them gone? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I think you would almost scheme something completely different, especially after you fire Matt Rule. Like, you would, I want, yep. I would assume, go a different direction, but maybe they just don't know and don't care. Again, mm-hmm. they're the worst team in the league. Uh, I, I think yeah. anybody on that team is possibly able to be traded, and I think the mm-hmm. atmosphere probably is bad.
2: Yes. Yep. So glancing at the trends, it has been back and forth. Uh, but Foreman has had a higher snap share in four of the six previous games. And uh the most interesting part is Foreman's twenty two point seven percent this week was the highest single snap share for either of those guys the entire of the season. So I don't know if you want to take into account this unique week with PJ Walker too much, but um You know, you're leaning, you know, if you're putting $0 bids on both of them, I think Foreman goes a little higher on my list. But like you said, there's room for both.
1: I had mentioned Gus Edwards. Edwards is probably one of my top running back pickups. The other one, Kyrod Williams, currently on injury reserve for the Rams, expected seemingly trending to be activated uh, this week. The matchup, obviously, we know the Rams have been struggling uh, Mm -hmm. offensively. Cam Akers benched for personal reasons could be cut could be traded seems like that's just a you could come back
2: they didn't rule him out i mean that's sean mcveigh probably just you know trying to play neutral and play all sides but uh didn't rule out him coming back but i don't know this doesn't it's not like he was robbie anderson kicked off the sideline by his own team but uh, it looks to be... Yeah, we don't uh,
1: know that, though. Like, I mean, what happens behind closed doors at practice could yeah. be a- akin to Robbie Anderson doing what he did oh, yeah. during the game. yeah, it very you're well like,
2: could be. I, I do love to wildly speculate. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess I think that Kyron Williams is probably the most talented running back the Rams have. And to be clear, it's not because I think he's all that good. Um, I was really invested in him. obviously, out of Notre Dame two years ago when everybody else was. And then he watched this past season. like, okay, he's He's fine. Uh, not quite the prospect that we were hoping for. Then you watch him in the combine, nearly runs a 4 7. You're like, oh, yeah, this guy is not nearly good at all. Mm-hmm. He does a few things well. I think he's a really good pass catching running back. And while he's not fast, he's probably shifty. I mean, I think what you could see in college, you can maybe put that out on the NFL and say, oh, yeah, he can do X, Y, and Z shifty wise. This is not David Montgomery or Javante Williams uh, leads the league in broken no. tackle rate or whatever baloney mm-hmm. that we talked about. I think that's what Kyron Williams fits into. Okay, so what do the Rams miss? Well, they miss a bludgeoner running back like Cam Makers. Daryl Henderson can't do anything. And they also miss a pass catcher. And I think that's where yep. Kyron Williams can kind of fall into.
2: And Malcolm Brown is not the answer. That's no. the other guy that's no. getting snaps here for the Rams. And that's, uh, you know, that is just a, it's a body to toss in there. You know, mm-hmm. I, if you're thinking about picking up Malcolm Brown, probably probably want to save yourself the hassle there or the heartbreaker or, the heartbreak or the whatever Rams, you want to call it. The
1: Rams offense is better than the commanders, but I could actually see the Rams utilize Kyron Williams the same way the commanders use Jaden McKissick. Before Antonio Gibson, we're going to get that in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of the value I see. So let's just say uh, the RotoWire Online Championships, which I am just dead in the water on, never gets a free subscription for my dead body uh, floating in the water right now. I like Kyron Williams as a pickup in, a, again, deeper bench, 12-team league. That's what makes sense to me. And you possibly could sneak by with an IR designation too, which would save you that roster spot until later in the week. Kyron Williams, Gus Edwards, probably my two favorite running back pickups, and I bet you most people won't be in
2: on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are guys that you can get for, uh, relatively cheap and definitely, uh, people that, that you want to think of here. So, I mean, I didn't really have too many other names for the list. Uh, now we got to start talking about who we're going to cut right for these bye sure. weeks mm-hmm. because, you know, you got to pick these guys up and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're through, obviously, your second kicker, second defense, second quarterback, even in a lot of cases, you got to go. But if you have to cut a running back here, I, I like how you mentioned McKissick, because I think there's an interesting case to be made for dropping him in a 12-team league. Um, he was barely ahead of Antonio Gibson in the in the percentage. And uh, uh, Brian Robinson's the lead back for the commanders here. I think we have that figured out. Um, But McKissick was barely only 4% ahead of uh, Gibson in the snap share. Gibson got five carries compared to two for McKissick. And Gibson was targeted four times compared to three for McKissick. So, you know, that's not me saying go pick up Antonio Gibson. That's me saying that what is the role of JD McKissick now if uh, Brian Robinson, you know, outside of like a, a stretch, desperation PPR flex handcuff play you know I just threw as many fantasy terms as I could in a, in the string there um but yeah so he he's on the fritz for me obviously uh once uh taylor and i mentioned this before once taylor Jonathan Taylor and um Naheem Hines are clear i think Deion Jackson goes back to special teams and and that's one that can go here um yeah, Kelly, I guess, for the Chargers might be another drop.
1: Again, he was insured. I, yeah. I actually think when when mm-hmm. Kelly's healthy, and if he's healthy, that's a big part of it. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like Sonny Michelle, who was dropped everywhere last week, would be the mm-hmm. guy that the can. I, I agree with you. There's probably not a lot of options, especially when you have uh, so many running backs that are relevant fantasy-wise that are mm-hmm. on by this week. You have yeah. to kind of go with what you have. If
2: Zach Moss is still sitting around on your roster, you can drop him, I think, yeah um, i'm just trying to just come up with drop names off the top of my head jerry usually lists a couple in his uh avery williams pierre strong zach moss yeah you know yeah. um gabby I mean, gibson could probably be dropped if you had to um yeah so that's what we're looking at a lot of tough calls are going to happen this week
1: I, I agree with you all right let's move on to the receivers before we do so let's get word from our sponsors there are 50 million fantasy sports players and sports bettors in the U.S., but 90% of all the cash prizes are won by just 2% of the players. That's because most game, uh, sports gaming options were created by pros. You know, the dude's dropping loads of cash and data to find an edge over the rest of us, not Swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Tired of losing because of one bad pick? With Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You simply create a ticket of 4 to 10 player props and score points for the ones you get right. Your score determines your win, not the perfect ticket. You can be half right and be all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payout of any DFS site, as much as 50 times your money. Plus you can play fantasy football along with all the major US sports, as well as international soccer, Formula One, NASCAR, fight sports, rugby, cricket, and even esports. Ready to play? Visit playwithswagger.com slash road alert, sign up and Swagger will give you 10 free dollars to try them out. Plus match your free deposit up to, sorry, one 100% up to $100. Swagger. Daily fantasy for all fankind. Wide receivers, we had mentioned Jacoby Myers. Um, didn't do a whole lot, even though the Patriots were super successful. Darius Slayton, uh, Alec Pierce, big guy who's been uh, great for the past couple weeks. Randall Cobb, unfortunately, uh, out for a while with whatever this mm-hmm. ankle injury Could is. Could be an IR candidate. Yeah, probably will be because they're going to be uh, calling up or signing somebody. Uh, and then Rondell Moore, who is probably the feature receiver discussed this week so mm-hmm. we have a conundrum right uh hollywood brown feature target for the cardinals offense seems like best pal of uh kyler murray who is now entering cod season i want this to be clear mm-hmm. the new cod starts this week we know how bad kyler murray is oh boy watch One out call the, of for those starts. double xp weekends here this is why
2: it helps to have you the esports editor yes. on the show with this me, is, me right this is yeah, now we, we are this.
1: entering <laughs> danger zone for <laughs> kyler murray if you believe in the fact that uh Call of Duty makes Kyler Murray worse. Okay,
2: I don't know if he could be much worse from a fantasy perspective it's, this it's, year.
1: Yeah, it's it's the Cardinals. I just that's kind of where we're at overall. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is not a, a head coach. Okay, so uh, Hollywood out for the rest of the season. DeAndre Hopkins coming back from suspension. Mm-hmm. Does Rondale Moore immediately fit into that role, or is it going to be more like a combination of Greg Dortch and whatever else, and Zach Ertz getting his medium targets and Hopkins coming back? cuts into that workload. I think this is a really important question that we have to ask. And in fact, yep. we've had a lot of users already asking this question.
2: JK. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so I think uh, the Rondell Moore role and build is different from the Hollywood Brown one. It just is. They're a different type of player. Um, but I think, that DeAndre Hopkins, I, I'm actually pretty confident that Hopkins is going to come in and be the double-digit target guy, the top guy that he that he comes that he comes through. I mean, these guys have had chemistry in the past, so it's not like there's a learning curve or anything after missing the first six weeks. I think Hopkins comes in. I'm actually ready to go ahead and start him on Thursday night this week. Let's oh, see what wow. we got. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put. Well, I'm gonna have to because of you know all the uh, all the digs, McKenzie, Gabe Davis shares and stuff that I have, and and the AJ Browns and anything. Mm. So I'm I'm fine, ready to go in and throw Hopkins this week. I will also be starting Rondale Moore this week because even with Hollywood Brown ever since what Rondale Moore came back, five targets, eight targets, 10 targets, steadily getting involved and he didn't get any rushing attempts this week cuz they didn't go so hot the, the last two weeks, but um you know, he ended up Six for 49 yards, seven for 68 yards. He's useful. He's going to find the end zone eventually. The Saints are the number 29. This is a weird stat, and I guess maybe some sample size has something to do with it. But in standard formats, the Saints are number 25 against opposing wideouts. I should check what it is for PPR here Um, real quick here. They're 27, so not much better. Um, So I'm cool starting Rondale Moore. I still think Zach Ertz is going to be productive. I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson for whatever reason. I know they went out and traded for him. And, you know, maybe they can do something, but he's the guy that you need to wait and get chemistry and learn the offense, especially with it being, you know, a short week this, this week, they have the Thursday night game. Do you really think Robbie Anderson is even going to be active for this game? Uh, Yeah. And, um, and what, and once things get going, I mean, Robbie Anderson's kind of a head case. What makes, what makes it think that you you can, you can Google some fun old police interaction stories there about him getting pulled over stuff. that's not PG that I can't say on the show. If you want a good chuckle today, um, but I just I, I, don't, I think Robbie Anderson was already kind of past his prime here and is is kind of having a desperation late career resurgence. I don't know if uh, the Cardinals are the pristine organization that's gonna get him uh you know on the straight and narrow and, and ready to become a productive fantasy asset. I think it's D Hop, I think it's Ertz, and I think it's Rondale Moore. Those are gonna be the uh, top three targets, and they will all be productive. Like I said, starting Hopkins right away, starting more with confidence this week, and probably making more. If you don't need a running back this week, uh, you know, because I know a lot of people do. But if you don't need a running back, Rondell Moore, I think you could say is your number one pickup this week. Now I know we're only we're only talking to assert a small subset of our audience because forty six percent rostered on Yahoo is uh, you know is pretty close to our threshold. Most savvy fantasy managers remember what Rondell Moore was able to do last year can kind of. Think about his progression here now that he's healthy in the year two and have been able to see what he's been doing of late. So, uh, you know, he's not he's not really you're not fooling anyone there. But uh, I think I think that's the whole theme with receivers this week. A few new names popped up, but Rondell Moore at 46 percent. Michael Gallup's only 50 percent rostered and Dak Prescott's coming back. Mm So, um, you know, disregard whatever Gallup's numbers were under Cooper Rush he's also got to be near the top of your list and Alec Pierce who we talked about last week you mentioned in the last week 39% he seems to have a significant role and him and Matt Ryan are developing chemistry and Pittman being back and healthy and taking attention away is helping Alex P- Alec Pierce so the three top receiver names are repeats for us this week and um, you know we can get we'll get into a couple of uh, ones that are that are lesser rostered for our deeper leagues but uh, i mean it's got to be those three and and i probably rank them
1: I would have Pierce number one, clearly over Moore. Yeah, yeah. Pierce is going to have longevity the entire season. He's the clear second target. Mm -hmm. I know Paris Campbell got involved a little bit, but like Pierce is going to be just fine, uh, even when they're not throwing 58 times in a game. I have some reservations about Moore. I'm not as confident as you are uh, with him. Now I will say, okay, Hopkins comes back, and, and if you're in a spot where you have to play him fine, Mm-hmm. but you just have Marshawn Lattimore, and like Lattimore is good at stopping Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a big body, a little bit slower. That's exactly what Hopkins is. Like I, I don't I think Murray will force it to Hopkins because hey, yeah, have a fun guy back. Let's go ahead and throw it to him. I'm not expecting mm-hmm. a lot from Hopkins this week. I think week. they'll
2: design plays to get Hopkins they can't the ball. Design plays.
1: It's Cliff Kingsbury.
2: <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, you can they design can't. a wide receiver screen. To Hopkins?
1: <laughs> Why not? He's like running a four eight at this point in his career. That, that, no, no, no. We, we should, I, I you think you're underestimating Hopkins. Yeah. more If you're Yeah.
2: they'll do like Moore. reverses and stuff to him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they, I guess you're right. Maybe I'm giving Kingsbury too much credit, but I feel like they'll design some quick slants or something to at least get some rhythm going with Hopkins.
1: It, it's possible. I think Lattimore, again, you have to play Hopkins if you, if you need to. It's, that's okay. I, I think Moore is fine this matchup, but I'm not convinced he is as top of a waiver or a puck as you are. I will do it when I when I, when I mm-hmm. I have the roster spot, because that's that's the part of this. He's one of those, I'm churning the back end of my roster. Uh, I pick up two defenses, right? I know you hate that, but like, I don't need two defenses right now during Biomageddon. I will go ahead mm-hmm. and have a Rondell Moore or uh, a few of these other cut names as well, too. In fact, somebody asked, do they drop Hunter Renfro for Rondell Moore? And I'm curious where you're at with this, because I have Hunter Renfro in Stake League. It's been disappointing, but I'm wondering if I'm overvaluing the fact that the Raiders have already went through their bye, like that the, they just completed this past week. That has value to me, but Hunter Renfro has been disappointing, to say the least. Would you have Rondell Moore over Hunter Renfro?
2: I – man, there's such a – weirdly enough, in terms of the scoring output that you can expect, they're very, very similar. So I think – oh, man – more has more upside probably, but Renfro's the safer play given what he's done in past years, and he's already back healthy before the buy. So I think I'm leaning Renfro in that situation a little bit. I'm trying to think. My 100 Renfro league, I don't think I'd go ahead and drop him for Rondale Moore. But it's uh, it gets to be very, very close. And if you're not starting either of those guys and want to get the high upside guy, I could see wanting to put more on your bench and seeing what happens. Yeah, I could see
1: that. Okay, so other receivers – uh, Wondell Robinson finally came back after his injury stint. We talked about the Giants receivers and we like Daniel Jones as a streaming candidate. Oh, Wondell Robinson, pretty electric player out of Kentucky. Uh, it's what people thought Kadarius Tony would be. And Kadarius Tony's has had like two games of actually doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced he will ever play again for the Giants. They might just move him uh, for anything at this point. Wandell Robinson in deeper leagues is an interesting name but I'm not one that I'm really committed to because I don't believe in Daniel Jones but that's Mm -hmm. that's a separate uh, issue altogether
2: yeah he was fifth among wideouts at 22.6 percent of the snaps and obviously that's going to grow a ton um, but Slayton's still the guy there apparently Marcus Johnson is number two whatever you want to take out of that I think um, Wandell Robinson will eventually grow into their wide receiver too but whether that um, you know, leads to any kind of fantasy utility is, is pretty questionable. I'm not necessarily – the league would have to be pretty deep for me to be significantly you – know, For me, build. it's
1: like how many times are the Giants completing more than 20 passes in a game? I, I know mm. Daniel Jones has played fine, uh, but they don't want to throw the ball. I mean, they don't want him to be quarterback. It's just hand off the ball and uh, don't make mistakes. That, that has less value to me uh, than some. Jamison Williams, you had mentioned, is a stash. He's not expected to be activated off of a reserve post-bye week. I don't think Williams plays the entire year. I, have, mm-hmm. I don't think the Lions have any reason to do it. And if he does, it'll be like when we had Henry Ruggs yeah. uh, have those inconsistent games. Like I don't, I don't think yeah. Jameson Williams is worth
2: it. I had deja game. vu. I'm pretty sure I put Jameson Williams as a stash on the salt line before. I just, oh, uh, sure, yeah. I've just i fallen in love with what he could be as a player. And um, and uh, Ian, I don't know. Worth the worth shot if you can what, stomach it. What you're
1: thinking of Jameson Williams is what we currently have with Taequann Thornton, mm-hmm. who was activated off an of injury reserve not this week but last week. Obviously we had this Bailey Zappi uh, resurgence and the Patriots have looked phenomenal playing really bad teams. I want that to be clear. That's why the Patriots are looking good, not because they're that good of a team. And I mention that because your over under is looking really good right now. Whereas mine, I was taking the under of the Patriots. You're, you're getting close to the W on that. Um, I, I think type Thornton is interesting in deeper leagues because of his explosive capabilities and really nobody else in that offense. Ken Nelson Aguilar, they signed that ridiculous deal. He hasn't been able to do that. Devontae Parker has looked Fine. At times, he's like Mike Williams, light. Where you're like, oh yeah. When mm-hmm. I need to play Devonte Parker, he gets two catches for 14 yards. When he's on my bench, it's six for 104. Uh, mm-hmm. Steak League stats. I'm sorry, not exactly. steak. But that's uh, my. Runaway Island Championship, which I'm not angry about whatsoever. Uh, I like Taekwon Thornton mm-hmm. in the same way that you are pushing Jason Williams.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fair. The only Patriots receiver I really actually trust to start on a week to week basis is Jacoby Myers. And even then, it's pretty much got to be a PPR format for, for that statement to hold true. But Thornton's interesting. I mean, he has to grab your attention uh, after he gets five targets, catches four for 37 and a score, gets three rushing attempts, and runs one in. Now, I guess, you know, we don't know if uh, the running backs will be a little bit healthier. I don't think they want to. You know, overload uh, Ramondre Stevenson too much, but t- Tyquan Thornton, second round pick out of Baylor uh, last year or, or this year, this year, This year. jeez, yeah, what am I doing? To, yeah, preseason and preseason hype guy. So yeah, he's um he's against someone. It does feel like I know you talked about this last week. How it's like, well, you can't really carry seven receivers on your bench, and yeah. he, and and here's where we're getting to that point here with guys. But um, because he's only two percent rostered, he's worth bringing up because uh, you know this type of usage and volume is is quite interesting and, and could turn into something here as the Patriots continue to have to get creative due to their starting quarterback being out and and find ways to produce offense.
1: Yeah, and, and just getting your best guys out there. Maybe Thornton, even if it's schematically and at times will do well. It's like Deshaun Jackson where, okay, great, Deshaun Jackson does nothing until, oh, 50-yard touchdown reception and the team is up by 10. Like That's, that's what Thornton's value is to the team, and maybe uh, that gives him overall more results. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those – Oh, we believe Jalen Warren's going to be great. Nasha Harris has been struggling, blah, 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 blah. I don't like Jalen Warren, but I'd mm-hmm. rather have a fifth and sixth running back like Jalen Warren over Taequann Thornton when my guys uh, at Water receiver 6 are Alec Pierce and Rondale Moore, right? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at exactly. uh, with those options. There's a
2: pecking order there for sure.
1: Um, Claypool obviously had a good game. I don't know what to do with the Steelers. I don't want anything to do with Claypool. I, I yeah. still like George Pickens more. I know it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I think George Pickens is the guy I'd rather have, yeah. even though Claypool – uh did find great free baseball team, right? Yeah, the I wrote. I probably say it.
2: exactly. I wrote a line down that Claypool is down to forty-two percent rostered, and where does he fit into all of this of the packing order? And I will tell you that just you know from my personal experience, I could have cut Rondell Moore for Claypool last week, got Claypool for zero, and I did not. I could have cut mm. Isaiah McKenzie for Claypool last week, and I did not. Um, obviously, that's looking a little bit closer this week, uh, given McKenzie's buy and his relatively low usage against the Chiefs. So, you know, maybe I make that move now, but um, yeah, I think that's that that's telling there.
1: Yeah, you put Elijah Moore on the cut list. That's it. I right? wanted
2: to get a spicy name out there, right?
1: Go ahead. No, no, no. The floor is yours in this.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not saying – I'm not even cutting – the only exposure I have is a 14-team league, right? So I'm not uh, aggressively cutting him. And it's not like the Jets – the Jets actually played from ahead for pretty much the entirety of that game against the Packers here. So – um you know, and and Zach that means Zach Wilson only threw eighteen passes now. So bad in most of those two, and there were zero targets for Elijah Moore out of that. Now nobody, Garrett Wilson led the way Garrett with five Wilson. targets, yeah. right? And uh, Corey Davis is clearly a factor. He's the guy that they paid. They're finding ways to get Braxton Barrios freaking involved in the offense. Um, I'm worried as Elijah Moore owner. He's definitely moved to my bench. Oh, I yeah. in a twelve team in a ten team, you definitely got to think about it in a twelve team. The thought crosses your mind, but you hold out one more week. And in a 14 team, he's on your bench, but um, he's approaching. I mean, if he goes back-to-back weeks with zero targets, can you really afford to roster him? Now, I doubt that's going to happen.
1: So the issue is there's going to be better weeks ahead. The the Packers' vulnerability is at slot. I mean, that's where Garrett Wilson was most effective. It's been their issue all season long. That was predictable. That Garrett Wilson was going to be the guy, and Elijah Moore was going to struggle. You have the Broncos' defense we've seen consistently be really good, but there was that uh, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, which are basically the, the Chargers slot options, mm-hmm. have some success. Is that going to be the choice that the Jets make? I don't know. I'm, I'm not positive. Then you have the Patriots and Bills. Yeah. So not only do you have zero targets this week, but you have a four game stretch upcoming before the bye where Elijah Moore is going to have really difficult mm-hmm. matchups. You're probably right. I, he might be a yeah. by. buy. I, I actually would say he's in the same vein as Deontay Johnson and, um, oh, Oh, I'd much rather have like Deontay Robinson. Johnson. <laughs> I want to trade these guys for whatever little penny I can get. This would be the equivalent yeah, yeah. of the conditional seventh round. Pass. They're
2: basically like kickers in other trades at this point. they are not not literal kickers, but like a uh, like a in throw in, in. Yeah. yeah situation there. Yeah. it's just um I'll tell you what, I'm confidently starting Rondale Moore over Elijah Moore this week and for the foreseeable future in that 14-team league. Rondale Moore and Jacoby Myers are both going to my starting lineup over Elijah. I agree with you. And uh, I'm so flexing David Njoku over Elijah for what uh, that's worth, for too. Sure. So.
1: For sure. You mentioned tight ends. We're going to get to them. Actually, a few different names to talk about. First word from our sponsor is Monkey Knife Fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight. With all the NFL action you're looking for and if college football is more of your speed, well, You got plenty of that, too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary cap, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com to get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched up to $100. Uh, So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. Obviously, Taysom Hill was the hot topic of last week. Didn't do a whole lot this week. Shocker. Hayden Hurst. Similarly, which was a little bit unfortunate because we thought with T. Higgins out, there'd be more Hurst involved and Hunter Henry actually mm-hmm. had a pretty big game uh, with Bailey Zappi and seems to be clearly developing with John o. Smith out. I'm not an mm-hmm. I think John
2: o. Smith might have played this week, actually. Oh, yeah, and man. Hunter Henry was still, still and dominant. Hunter Henry Perfect. was still uh, having a good game. So now I gotta think about moving him out of purgatory in our dynasty league.
1: So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I did not require Ertz, though, yeah. so we're
2: we're looking okay. Uh,
1: I, I I'm still not going after him a redraft. I, I think there's too many tight ends in that same vein that are not there. We had talked about tight end at the top of the show with Greg Dulcich, who got his in, uh, activation off injured reserve for the Broncos. Albert Kwegmanum, uh everyone's preseason favorite, but certainly mine was a healthy and active because Nathaniel Hackett is a hack. Uh, Dulcich looked good in his two receptions. He had the quick pass off to the left side yep. in the first quarter and then a blown coverage off to the right, which clearly felt schemed for him. Mm-hmm. Do not tell me that uh, Albert O couldn't have done the same thing, but whatever. Greg Dulcich gets it, gets his first touchdown. I, I, I like Dulcich as a prospect. I want to be clear when I'm mm-hmm. talking negatively about Nathaniel Hackett. It's not Dulcich. I like Dulcich more than Trey McBride, who was drafted ahead of him. I like Jelani Woods, the Colts guy over Where does he Dulcich. stand with
2: respect to like Kyle Granson?
1: Oh, that's a joke that the Colts are using grants in the way they are. Like, Dulcich is a better player than that, too. So he's good, but if the Broncos continue to use four tight ends, we're doing this dumb thing where you're hoping he catches three or four, and this mm-hmm. is like the Mike Jasicki thing. Like, great, Jasicki had two touchdowns this past week and six catches, and then also they had four combined the previous three weeks. I I can't have that on my roster, much less starting at tight end. And I think that's what Dulcich is. So at 2% yeah. rostered, fine, mm-hmm. it's just not for me.
2: There are going to be some unique formats, and trust me, it has to be a unique format for you to think of it. But um, just to you know, just to play a little devil's advocate on that, um, yes, four tight ends were active for Denver. Uh, Dulcich, 70.9% of the snaps. Nobody else got more than 27.3% so percent of the now. snaps. Okay. Um, and one of the targets in the second half was, you know, if I'm trying to remember this correctly, uh, Russell Wilson went to him in the end zone. And it was it was one of those that was a very, very tough play to make, but still borderline catchable. If you're in the NFL, the defender made a great play. I think he might I think those might have had a hand on it. And the the one that was schemed for him was clearly a blown coverage, right? They didn't expect to have, you know, him running that route, I guess, on that play in the safety bit in and uh, left him wide open. So, you know, you could call that a little fluky if you will. There's the other design play to him very early in the game. And then, I mean, how different is this Dulcich conversation if he catches that second touchdown pass? Obviously, our whole Monday night conversation is different. But if he comes away in his first NFL game, you know, he was on the IR with a hamstring injury, gets activated. He comes away in his first NFL game and he scores twice Oh, it's, it's the on same big as, plays too? It's
1: the same conversation we did week one last year with that tight end for the saints that i'm blanking on he had two touchdowns with the packers defense was miserable then too not troutman but a different guy right Because yeah, Troutman whatever. was this the guy is like marcus that, yeah. john whatever i'd like yeah. that that that's the same thing you 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 import or you cor- you correctly uh, introduce some information. I guess I I having watched that game mm-hmm. didn't realize Dulcich was out there for seventy percent of the snaps. I thought it was more like forty five, and then Andrew Beck got like third mm-hmm. twenty five, and yeah,
2: Beck Tomlinson was twenty seven point three. Tomlinson was twenty seven point three, and Saubert was one point eight. So 8%. if it
1: is that, if it is that way, if they choose to utilize their tight ends, where Dulcich is getting three fourths of those different conversation altogether needs to be picked up mm-hmm. today. Like I, I, he is worth a roster spot. I would just be concerned and I'll be very actively watching that. Yeah. Yeah. Snap.
2: There's just a. I mean, there's some unknown, you know, if if they trusted sure. him enough, his first week off IR to healthy scratch Alberto and, and utilize him on, you know, 70% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there is something there. So again, you know, I'm not confidently touting. Let's go, go get him. spend all your fab. But if, if you're tight end hurting, which I know a lot of us are, right. Um, there's a roster spot in the scenario in which uh, he could be, because he's pretty much universally available.
1: Yeah, and if you are also hurting for tight end, you can look to Robert Tunyon. Uh, who there we go. Yeah, we a really, sort of- good, really good game, obviously, against mm-hmm. the Jets in what was a laugher pretty early on. Yes, I did go to that game. Yes, I'm still very bitter about going to that game. Randall Cobb out going to be probably for at least four weeks minimum. I'd assume injured reserve stint is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, he
2: was. It was like a towel over the head situation as he was getting, him, getting as he was, he was because right. he was and you had a feel for the guy too. I mean, he was starting He was starting to have one of his best seasons in probably a while. His last finally game. healthy. Now, now we have this situation here. We so. had
1: post game after uh, after the loss of the Jets. Rogers in the the media scrum saying. We need to make things simpler on offense. I kind of wonder, very few guys he has chemistry with right now, Lazard, one of them, Lazard's been doing well. Tunyon, having worked with him a couple of years too, is this a way that, hey, we're just going to get Tunyon involved five or six catches every game, even if they're 30, 40 yards. That probably yep. makes you low on tight end one, especially this week with guys mm-hmm.
2: out. For me, it's no coincidence that Tunyon uh, gets his season high, 63.8% of the snaps, in the same week that Randall Cobb leaves in the first half with an injury here. And um, you have... You you have Lazard and Dobbs both getting ninety seven percent of the snaps, and then out of any other receiver or tight end, Tunyon was third on the team in snaps. Here, Amari Rogers not the answer. Juwan Winfrey definitely not the answer. And as Packer fans, we know how to not expect them to go pick anybody up. How to not, how to expect them to not sign Odell Beckham to not trade for DJ Moore to not you know I mean they 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 worked out Fry Fogle from Indiana this week. Remember, like that's their solution. So, um, with that being said, I think that Tunyon's role is safe. They designed tight end screens for him like crazy. Rodgers trusts him in the red zone. He trusts him to run those deep, slight uh, inside slant. They have the seam routes. Yeah, go, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, he trusts him to run those and go up and get the ball. Um, not very many people have Rodgers' trust and... The the guy who Rogers are arguably trust the most is, is down and out now for the foreseeable future. Uh, Tanyan will be a start flex play. I think the rest of the season, because it was a pretty serious injury He's coming back from, and I think he did need a little bit of time to ease in, but guess what? It's now or never here. You know, if they lose too many more games here, they're going to be fighting for their playoff lives and, they just can't afford to do that, so they're gonna they're gonna let him they're gonna let him loose and give him a lot of targets moving forward. I think
1: we also had Daniel Bellinger down back to back weeks of the touchdown. Now had think five receptions for thirty eight. Uh, I did one of those deep NFFC best balls. You actually go thirty rounds. My Yeesh. second my second to last pick was Daniel Bellinger, and he has now been in my starting lineup because it's best ball. It just puts whatever in three of the six weeks. Love that. Very happy. Could be making some big bucks on that, which is great because the online championship again stinks for me. Uh, I'm not convinced Daniel Bellinger is any more than what I just mentioned, a best ball target, but Hey, uh, bye weeks, this is by him after all, maybe you're going to be dealing with a situation where you need Daniel Bellinger. I had also act or had us add Daniel, uh, Donald Parham. My goodness. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. He only played 20% of the offensive snaps to the Chargers mm-hmm. yesterday against the Broncos. So to be clear, it's a little bit worrisome. He had a hamstring injury in the preseason was just activated last yep. week. I thought he looked explosive. Yeah. And we talk about what the Chargers offense needs. It, Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, yes. But somebody go deep. And, and they don't have that with yep. Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is very good at getting the deep ball, but bigger. Yep. I think Parham uh, is mm-hmm. one of those unique guys at 6'8", can go get the red zone play. Exactly. But also his
2: explosive speed-wise yep. to be a deep lead. I feel like Everett's more of the finesse tight end that they might run the tight end screens to and and, and to find him you know, in, in middle routes and whatnot. But uh, Parham. He looks like a big boy out there. And Herbert seems to be very comfortable getting the ball in his general rebounding area. Uh,
1: Very rarely would I say in deeper leagues, this is a perfect backup tight end. If ever to get hurt, Parham immediately becomes like tight end six. And I think that actually (laughs) has a lot of value uh, in the tight end landscape that we're currently at. So I I like him. I like him a lot from a, Mm -hmm. from a bench perspective. If you have the roster spaces available in deeper, it's not a 10 team one, it's probably even 12 team, but like, Steak League or uh, mm-hmm. the, we do the online championships, uh, sorry, the Invitational, the World Wire Invitational mm-hmm. or Vegas stuff. I think mm-hmm. Parham is an interesting name as well, too. I'm going to give you the floor, Jake, to go over the kickers and defenses as my uh, voice is slowly, slowly dying. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. offering me here.
2: So I'll run through. I think, uh, I think we can all agree, uh, us and, you know, Kevin Payne writes the waiver wire co- column. Uh, Jerry Donabedian writes the streaming defenses column. We all like New England. Obviously, New England is a somehow a top-five scoring defense, and they draw the Bears at home, whether it's Fields or whoever. The problem is they're 65% rostered on Yahoo. However... In an odd contrast, I think they're only 23% rostered on ESPN. So um, the Patriots should probably be your first name that you type in if you're like, I don't know, if you got the Bills on defense, for example. They're a defense that's rostered by just about everybody. So you look at the Patriots first. Some other names that come up that are decent, um, the Miami Dolphins are only 18% rostered, and they're home, and they have the Steelers this week. So um, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky or whatever, I think you pick on that team. And then... One that's universally available would be the Las Vegas Raiders. They're coming off a bye, so I guess you like that, and they're at home, and they have the Houston Texans this week in Davis Mills. So they're one that you can look for and uh, hope for the best. But it's uh, it's uh, cut bait right after this week in terms of a better streaming option if you're because I, I don't think the Raiders' defense. I mean, Crosby's outstanding. He'll get you some sacks probably, but I think beyond that. Um, that's about all, all all we have for defenses this week.
1: Uh, it, did you want to t- touch any kickers? Or are we good there too?
2: I didn't have any kickers. Okay,
1: that's great. Um, very few questions, Jake. So I'll, I'll just write off the few that we have right now. Mm-hmm. With Jalen Hurts on a bye, do you start Geno Smith or Derek Carr? I, I have to look at who Geno Smith is playing with. Derek Carr is taking on the Texans. The C- the CX going to the, C- the Chargers, so. Geno Smith against the Chargers or Derek Carr against the Texans.
2: Um, I want to say, um, I want to say Derek Carr, just a little bit safer. I, I shoot, I like Gino a lot, but uh, I'm gonna go Carr this week. I, I like him off the buy. If there's ever a chance for them to get it, get it together and get you know their their route trees and and, and targets and and whatnot together, um, I'm gonna give it to Carr. It's gonna be do or never or do now or never. I guess you know if if they're playing the Texans who. Uh, um let's see where they they're actually at. yeah they're, they're middle of the pack middle of the pack yeah
1: but i think it's more like oh well teams are able to run on them really easily so maybe this is a josh jacobs game and you have to throw it Derek carr mm-hmm. is easily the start for me not that i was convinced that the chargers pass defense looked great but khalil Mack is going to be a problem whoever he faces in the texans i don't think really have an answer along the offensive line so to me it's pretty clearly Derek carr mm-hmm. only other question 10 man half point ppr oh, should they pick up everett sick. you had the two touchdowns and then inconsistent. Or Bellinger for tight end this week.
2: I'd pick up Everett.
1: Everett easily for me as well, too. I know that some people are like, in Bellinger in the comments, it's fine. Uh, in 10 team, I think it's Everett who's going to be consistently there, even with Keenan Allen supposedly back against mm-hmm. the Seahawks this week. There's going to be offense galore, I think, from both sides. I want Everett, even if he's not going to score, Yeah, uh, I like that call. Yeah, I know
2: Bellinger's the the hot name this week that's coming up on a lot of lists, but I still think you have to go with the actual proven production of Gerald Everett.
1: Last one that just snuck in here, Kareem Hunt or Travis Etienne in PPR. Etienne's been emerging a bit more over James Robinson.
2: Starter sit questions on the waiver show. Hmm. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of fun for us. I know, I got to look up something totally different here. Um,
1: Kareem Hunt I guess I don't the, the Jacoby we're setting it so it's it, the Ravens the Browns against the Ravens already um, have ETN in that situation as well too? I, I'm
2: going with ETN I think
1: I think ETN especially in a PPR like alright that does it for us on the Road Wire Fantasy Sports Waiver Wire edition of the podcast thanks everyone for listening this is presented by No House Advantage uh, we'll be back in next week hopefully having more electric waiver Wire pickups for you best of luck with your fantasy lineups